Welcome to the Progressive Property Podcast, helping you invest in property for freedom, choice, and profit. You'll learn new, innovative, and multiple streams of property income, whether you want to start, scale, or systemize, and even if you don't have deposits. Hi, Kevin McDonnell here, and welcome to the Progressive Property Podcast and this week's episode of property news from around the UK and within the Progressive Property community. So let's start with property news from around the UK. In an article in Landlord Today, London Mayor Sadiq Khan has called for an extension of the eviction ban and a two-year rent freeze in the London. Although he has no major powers over the private rental sector, Khan wants the government to give renters the same protection as commercial tenants who have been granted an extension to their eviction ban until March. With the evictions ban ending next week, ministers need to take urgent action to prevent people being evicted from their homes, putting in place a proper financial support package for those who have fallen into arrears through no fault of their own, says Mr Khan. He claims his database allowing the reporting of rogue landlords has seen a rise in complaints, with more than 1,400 between March and December 2020. One in five complainants is reportedly claiming an unfair eviction. It'd be really interesting to see what the government do as they need to act really quickly on this. In a positive part of his request though, he does want a support package including grants to help renters clear rent arrears. He is also asking for more powers to implement a two-year rent freeze in London as an emergency measure. In other news this week, Andrea Fowell, sales and marketing director of award-winning property developers Kebble, talks about the impact of house builders in 2021. She discussed a number of things such as Brexit, show home visits, digitalisation, working from home and the recession, plus the end of stamp duty and what effects they will have on the property market. So let's look at some of her thoughts. So the effect Brexit is going to have on the house building sector is actually a lot of house building materials is manufactured in factories in Europe. So there's likely to be a slowdown in production and delivery of materials, especially in the earlier part of the year. So this could actually have a big impact on slowing down house building. Secondly, show home visits. Most developers may permanently choose to offer site visits by appointment going forwards because it has worked so well during COVID. So even after COVID comes to an end, it's likely that developers will only do site visits by appointments and not have a walk-in show home like we have seen in the past. This could actually save developers money, meaning that they don't have to have somebody sitting in a show home or sitting in a show office all day waiting for people to come in, literally booking by appointment and maybe doing block bookings. Next, she spoke about digitalization. Lockdown quickly escalated the importance of online material for video tours to social media and increased photography so that potential buyers can see properties in far more detail before actually viewing them. So this is likely to continue and a lot of people have liked the idea of doing virtual viewings. So it's very likely that you're going to see a lot more virtual viewings than on-site viewings with developers going forward also. I think, I think this is actually going to happen not just with developers and new build, but it's likely that a lot virtual viewings will continue across the entire sector. I run a letting agency myself and we've been running virtual viewings during the lockdown and we're planning to continue with virtual viewings even after the lockdown as it is a lot more convenient for people, 
especially those that are in jobs and can't get out during the day, and it means I don't need my staff to be doing viewings in the evenings. Another interesting point she discussed is working from home. With the anticipation that employers are going to continue to allow a lot of staff to work from home and have the hybrid model of some time working from home and some time spent in an office, is they're actually looking at changing how they develop houses going forward and the layout and design of the properties to take into account home working and a more home working environment space. So it's going to be interesting to see how the layouts of properties will change. Will there be bigger garden spaces? Will they offer maybe an office in gardens? Let's see what happens with some developers. And it could be a really good unique selling point for what developers will do differently going forward. And finally, the recession looming and a end of the stamp duty holiday. When I say recession looming, we're actually technically in a recession, but it hasn't massively affected the housing market yet. And the reason for that is because of the stamp duty holiday. But with the stamp duty holiday coming to the end, end at the end of March, should the government carry on with their plans to end it at the end of March, then it is likely that this could see an effect on builders, on housing in general. So it'll be interesting to see if it is. it does show an effect, if housing in general will drop in price, and especially if there'll be as much demand for new build property when stamp duty comes to an end. Speaking about property prices potentially dropping in value and the end of the stamp duty holiday, Let's go a little bit closer to home to the progressive property community. And Rob Moore did a post in the community recently asking, when do people think that the property market will start to correct or maybe slow down? Now, for those of you that are listening to the podcast and you don't know what the progressive property community is, there's an online Facebook community. If you're on Facebook, go to progressive property community, click join and you'll be entered into the main community where there's over 34,000 active property investors who are all supporting, advising and helping each other on their property journeys. So when Rob asked the question, it's got great engagement around people's thoughts on when the property market will slow down. Robbie Newton said that at least till stamp duty holiday has finished, he's unlikely that it'll slow down. But he feels that after the hot stamp duty holiday, there could be a a crash in the market and that a lot of property could head into negative equity. Very interesting, very possible But who knows, who would have thought in March 2020 that house prices would have been higher in December 2020? Not many people would have bet on that one. Luke Gregory feels that a month or so after furlough and the funding will stop, that the housing market will start to slow down or maybe go a little bit negative. Charles Marston has made a really interesting point that there's no such thing as a property market, just multiple micro markets. Only areas affected by unemployment and deprivation will be affected. With rates so low that money printed all day every day, there is a natural counterinflation effect. And that's very, very true. And I'd agree with Charles, because if you look back to the crash of 2008, house prices didn't fall by the same percentage across the entire country. There was micro markets, some parts of the country that didn't fall at all. Some fell by a little bit and some fell dramatically. So it is about micro markets And making sure that you're buying property in the right areas with the right strategy for a time of a slowing market. But also making sure that you're buying property at the right price. Buying value, making sure it cash flows and making sure that there's an ability to add value to the property as well to protect yourself. Because if you're adding value to a property and it drops in value, the added value will take away that cushion for you, or it'll be the cushion for you to protect yourself 
should the prices drop slightly. Elsewhere in the community, Naomi Manning Bryant has asked about business bank accounts and people's recommendations. Elaine Ingram has recommended Starling, the application Starling Bank, where the application takes minutes if you have a limited company registered in the UK. Starling Bank are an online bank that many of you may not be aware of. So I thought it was important to mention other potential banks. A lot of people just think about the Lloyds and the HSBC and the Barclays and the Halifax. But actually, there's a lot of online banks like Starling Bank and also Tide Bank that Debbie Turner mentions. Very easy and cheap as chips to have a bank account there. There's also Revolut Business, which was touched on by Ryan Small. And remember banks that are maybe a little bit more known, but still not High Street as much. John Shaw has mentioned Metro Bank as a really good bank that he would recommend. A lot of people talking about Starling Bank, though. A lot of people looking at them. Curry Roussel Crate has also mentioned Monzo Bank. So what it says, yeah, have a look in the progressive property community. Before you choose a bank, make sure you're choosing it for the right reasons. Now, I bank with a lot of different banks. I do bank with Metro Bank. I bank with Barclays, Halifax, Lloyds, HSBC, a bank across the board. The thing I like about NatWest and I like about Lloyds is not necessarily the customer service, but NatWest and Lloyds both do a lot of commercial lending. Now, if you're banking with NatWest and Lloyds, don't just think about the service around your business bank account or the fees. Think about your ability to build a relationship with the business banking manager within those firms. If you've got a good relationship with the business banking manager in NatWest and Lloyds, you've got a great opportunity over time to build relationship and access commercial funding easier than if you had no relationship with them. So building those relationships with your local bank manager within those banks is a very smart move, in my opinion, to help you build your credibility and build your access to cheap rates for commercial funding long term. So that's this week's episode of Property News from around the UK and within the Progressive Property community. Remember to subscribe to the Progressive Property community to hear all of the news, all of the questions, all of the amazing answers they're getting within that 34,000 plus community. Also, make sure you subscribe to the Progressive Property YouTube channel and obviously make sure you've subscribed to the podcast. You've been listening to the Progressive Property podcast. I've been Kevin McDonnell. See you next time.